Welcome back to the Zest Life Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Todd Spencer. And for this episode, we're going to be exploring the value of connecting rituals within families and relationships. One item I want to revisit from episode two when we discussed nurture romantic relationships is John Gottman's research on bids for connection. And the most you know common takeaway from that research people reference is the five to one ratio where you want a minimum of five positive interactions to every one negative interaction within a relationship. And while that's really interesting stuff to me, my favorite takeaway from Gottman's research is just understanding that small everyday interactions matter. And that, in fact, the way families, couples navigate small interactions are going to be more predictive of their overall happiness and well-being within that relationship than really big experiences. For example, I've worked with a lot of parents that sometimes feel frustrated that they aren't able to provide more big experiences for their children. And it's easy to see how this happens, right? You take social media and you see everyone posting, you know, trips to Disneyland or romantic vacations to Europe or any sort of big lifetime sort of bucket list items. So it's easy to fall in this trap that we start thinking, well, I can't connect unless I'm doing like big things. And when people are trying to deepen their relationships, sometimes they try to think big versus thinking small. And one of the first tasks that I do with the couples that I work with clinically is to start exploring how are they connecting on a consistent, regular basis every day. And this principle is true for families, that the way families learn to connect in everyday moments is going to be more important than those dream vacations. Now, this doesn't mean that you shouldn't go to Hawaii or don't take that cruise. It's do those things, create those moments and those memories. But remember, every day and every interaction with the people you love is an opportunity to reinforce that love and that commitment, as well as to create meaning within the relationship. And as we dig deeper today, we'll focus a lot on that meaning-making process. So with that as an introduction, I want to share a story from my life that helps illustrate the values of creating connecting rituals within families. One of the interesting rituals from my childhood is called Sis Boom Ba. And it's funny, my sisters and I have sometimes debates on is it Sis Boom Ba, is it Shish Boom Ba. But irregardless, what this ritual basically is, was all growing up, before someone would leave the house in the morning, we would call everyone together to gather in a circle at the top of the stairs and we'd all put our hands in the middle of the circle and go, sis, boom, ba, sis, boom, ba. We are the Spencers, rah, rah, rah. Then we'd put our hands down, and then we'd go, we're united, and throw our arms into the air. And immediately following the chant, there'd be hugs, high fives, kisses, thumbs up, slaps on the backs, and say, hey, go have a great day, everybody. And literally, every day of my childhood, this happened. And it didn't matter if dad was going to work, or if a sibling was going to school first, that, hey, before the first person would leave the house, we would have this little powwow and this cheer. And something that might be hard to, like, articulate is that when I was, like, five, we did this cheer. But also, when me and my youngest sister were the only two people left in the house, and we were both in college, we frequently would still start in the morning before one of us left is, hey, everyone gather, we gotta do sis boom ba, and so... Mom, dad, and my little sister and I, we would do sis boom ba as we're all adults in the house. And it, it's kind of funny to like think about like these all these grown-ups doing this little chair that you might do to excite like a little league soccer team. 
but there's a lot of power in this ritual. And one day in my 20s, I decided I wanted to learn like the origin story of this ritual because at this point I had realized, wait, most families aren't cheering and throwing their hands in there together in a circle before one of them leaves the house in the morning. And I was really kind of shocked by what I heard. And my, my father has been a role model of mine my entire life. And he told me, you know, Todd, life was getting busy. It was getting crazy where my oldest sister had just started high school. And so my parents had kids in high school, kids in junior high, kids in elementary. And my father proceeded to tell me that he wanted a way for us all to be connected as we were all in different places. And so dad would go to work, kids would go to school, mom would stay home and have responsibilities there. And just that it felt like everyone was starting to go their own way. And one of my favorite things about this little experience is that my dad isn't a relationship expert. Like he built his profession in uh, the insurance industry. But my father recognized there was a need to connect and he found a ritual to be a vehicle to do so. But I promise you, I don't think my dad was like, hmm, I wonder what ritual we could create. It was more a parent being intuitive and sensitive to the needs of the family and then allowing themselves to be a bit creative and to try something. And before we get into the science of rituals, I want to share what Sis Boomba did for me just as a child. First, it communicated to me that I belonged, that I had a tribe, I had a group of people to do life with. Second, is that it was really good to leave the house and to go out and try to do your best. And along with that is as you're trying to do your best, you are always welcome home. You're going to go, you're going to do your best, you're going to make mistakes, but that you always have the safety of the relationship to return back to. And the last thing I've reflected on as I've thought about Sis Boomba is that it really instilled in me a sense of enthusiasm to go try to make a difference that day to do everything in my power and my sphere of influence, to be able to lift other people up because I was being lifted up before I even got on the school bus, basically every morning of my childhood. As we jump into the research, I would invite you to consider what are the moments of connecting you have with the people you care most about every day and what specific rituals you'd like to enhance or create. I first became interested in family ritual research when I was approached to help contribute to a Newsweek article in 2022 that was exploring helping families navigate, you know, splitting time between families during the holidays. And one of the first things I found exploring the literature was this seminal article by Ember Black, Roberts, and Whiting published in 2003. And they identified five purposes of family rituals. All right, here they are, folks. First... Family rituals help families learn to relate, change, heal, believe, and celebrate. Right, so the first function of family rituals is relating. And what that means is that rituals help inform family about relationships. And so rituals help sort of express the nature of the relationships. So with the Sis Boomba example, one of the first things is that, well, I feel like I belong. It teaches me about my relationship with my siblings as well as my parents. Okay, so the first function is relating, where rituals help shape and express the relationships. 
The second function of family rituals is to help families navigate transitions that enter their life. For example, think about the rituals you engage in as someone graduates high school, right? So there's a moment when they're not fully a graduate, but now we have this ceremony, and the ceremony helps announce that a change has occurred, but also it helps create the transformation that there was before and the now after, and woo, you throw the cap in the air. And you see the same thing with relationships. Think about weddings, for example, right? So there's rituals that people engage in that help sort of, hey, I again, announce that this change has happened, but then also the ritual helps create the transformation. There's almost like a before and an after aspect of, of rituals. And one of the reasons why I think rituals are so important at times of change is that change often provokes anxiety, right? There's this unknown element as people are going through a change and that a ritual helps make that change more manageable. And the third function of uh, family rituals is healing which also can have a lot to do with change because rituals often accompany us when we need to heal. So whether it's death, divorce, or some sort of betrayal, that a ritual helps us be able to find closure and also help create meaning. Some of my favorite clinical work surrounds working with grief-related challenges. And I've had countless experiences where one of the tools that helped people access healing and comfort is by engaging in some sort of ritual. Sometimes this involves letting go. Sometimes this involves trying to hold on. For different people, it might be different things. But overall, that when a heart is hurting, a ritual can be really powerful to aid in the healing. The fourth sort of function of family rituals and traditions is an expression of belief. Right, So there's something about it, the tradition, the ritual, that is embedded with meaning of faith, of spirituality, of belief. Right? And so organized religion helps provide a lot of structure in helping people access sort of fine rituals. But families also have the potential to create their own rituals that are their own expressions of belief. So you might consider, what traditions are you currently engaging in that are expressions of your belief. And we have both, you know, things that may come from an organized religion, such as like a baptism or a bar mitzvah. And while those structured sort of rituals are really, really helpful, I also would invite you to consider, you know, what are the traditions or rituals that you can do in your own home that reflect sort of your own heart. And the last sort of purpose and function of family rituals from Ember Black, Robert, and Whiting is the notion of the function of celebration. And the older I get, the more I love celebrating and the more I value holidays. And the primary reason for me, and the authors identified this really well, is that celebrating during family rituals connects us with the past and our larger community. What that really means is that as we engage in certain rituals or family traditions, it really connects the current to the past where we are able to be reminded of our story, of our heritage, and we get to celebrate your story and your heritage. One of my favorite things about the Sis Boom Ba tradition or ritual is fast forward now as a father, and I've got four boys, and when we do the Sis Boom Ba, Sis Boom Ba, we are the Spencers, rah, rah, rah. To me, it's not just about charging them with enthusiasm and goodness to start their day. 
but it's also saying, hey, you know, there's been a beautiful journey that has brought us to this point. And while I'm celebrating my children before me, I'm also honoring my parents. I'm also reflecting in some small way about my sisters and those that help shape and create uh, our family culture. It's important to note that rituals and traditions oftentimes include more than one function. So it can help a family change and heal, right? There's all sorts of intersection between the different sort of functions of, of traditions. It's also important to note that there is a difference between a family ritual and just a routine, right? So a routine is going to be something you might do daily, but it doesn't necessarily have the symbolic importance. It doesn't have the same sort of meaning-making. It doesn't have the same level of connection or identity development, right? Because family rituals oftentimes, like, help us anchor our values. But, like, if you, like, brushing your teeth every day probably is more of a routine than it is a ritual. Although families can take things that are routine and turn them into a ritual as necessary once they start anchoring values to them. One of the easiest, most accessible ways that I often encourage couples or families that I work with to to connect is by exploring what the rituals are surrounding family dinner. There's a wealth of research providing support for the notion that family dinner is an important sort of connecting ritual. While preparing for this episode, I discovered the familydinnerproject.org, and it's a, you know it's a website with lots of resources to help families learn how to make meaningful dinner interactions. They even have, you know, here's some recommendations for conversations. But within, like, the research they've conducted, uh, they've identified specific benefits for family dinner. For example, conversation at the dinner table for children ages 1 to 5 has been a stronger predictor with increasing their vocabulary than actually reading with your child. Think about that. The interaction they have during this ritual increases their vocabulary more than just reading to them alone. Additionally, for new parents who develop a dinnertime ritual report they feel more satisfied within their marriage. Oftentimes, the transition to parenthood can be associated with a decrease in marital satisfaction, but for couples that are able to maintain a stable sort of family dinner, uh, feel more satisfied within the relationship versus couples that don't. For children ages 6 to 12, one of the benefits of family dinner is academic performance. In fact, there's research that indicates that having family dinner consistently together is a stronger predictor for academic achievement than children doing homework, sports, or even art. And at this age, family dinner often helps children feel more connected to siblings and parents. For children ages 13 to 18, some of the benefits of family dinners include a major reduction in high-risk behaviors such as smoking, substance abuse, eating disorders, teen pregnancy, and violence. Uh, additional research indicates that family dinner helps reduce depression and anxiety and increases perception of self-worth. And this is largely due to the fact this provides an opportunity for parents to be able to check in with kids and provide additional supports. And again, I would encourage any listener who wants to learn more specifically about how to make mealtime a connecting ritual and tradition to uh, visit thefamilydinnerproject.org. All right, so it's the time in the episode where I'm going to invite you to do some things to help apply the concepts we've discussed. So for this episode, I would like you to identify what is one relationship you're currently trying to nurture. Explore what worries you have about the relationship or situation and what sort of problems you're trying to solve. Next, I want you to explore what rituals are currently in place 
to help you navigate this relationship. And this might include modifying existing rituals or completely adding new ones. Again, focusing on the function of rituals helping you relate, right? So to reestablish the relationship with this person, to change, to mark change and transition that's entered either of your lives. Three, to be a source of healing. Four, an expression of belief. And the final function of family rituals is celebrating. As always, thanks for joining this episode and stay zesty, friends.